that funky soul. Get up, get yourself together, and drive your funky soul. They're doing it down in that song. Welcome to the June edition of the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast. I'm your host and webmaster of the site, Brad Douglas. Let's introduce the gang. We've got our regular spider expert, JR, from SpideyKicksButt.com. JR? Hello, everyone. Go Cavaliers! <laughs> and our official clone saga expert, Spidey Dude, from SpideyDude.com. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not a whole lot. Uh, I would say go Mavericks, but, you know, they kind of <laughs> colossally disappointed me. So, yeah. <laughs> and we've got uh, Morbius from the Internal Affairs webcomic at WebComicsNation.com slash Internal Affairs. Any plugs, Morb, for a sports team? Yeah, I don't have a team, so uh, <laughs> go Spidey. There you go. <laughs> and we're honored to have a new uh, guest on the show. We've got Black Cat. She's uh, our first female uh, guest on the show. Black Cat, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here, and greetings, true believers. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, game- There goes the He-Man Woman Haters Club now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Black Cat, for being on. It's going to be awesome. So I just want to give a heads up to the listeners. Uh, back in May, we uh, promised you uh, the producer of the new, it's officially been called uh, the Spectacular Spider-Man Animated Series. But I got an email from the Sony people. Doesn't that sound official, the Sony people? And they said that they're going to release the news about the uh, the, co- the new cartoon at the July San Diego Comic Book Convention. But they said that they, it'd be cool if I interviewed him after they did that big PR press. So uh, in a couple months, we'll have him on. So that ought to be kind of cool. So our first topic, let's plow right into it. If you didn't know, there's going to be a lot of changes in the Spider-Man comics coming up. Uh, Peter David's been uh, kicked off. Well, not kicked off. He's been let go or whatever from Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, or he left. I don't know what happened. Also, uh, J. Michael Straczynski is off of Amazing. And Robert, okay, help me out, Anna. I mean, (laughs) Black Cat. (laughs) Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Wow, that's awesome. Okay. He's from, uh, he's actually, his parents are from Nicaragua. Yeah, and he's on the Sensational Spider-Man title. He's leaving, too. So, gang, what do you all think of uh, a whole new breed of Spider-Man writers coming in? We'll we'll go to the expert first, JR. (laughs) What do you think? Well, I'm, uh, uh, I'm loathe to uh, to really comment on it too much until we actually see who's going to be taking their places, but, but, but that said, uh, I really am not in favor of it. Uh, I don't. I actually felt that uh, this was one of the few times where all of the uh, all of the titles had a decent writer. Um, I know that uh, JMS has had his ups and downs, and we've all had our ups and downs with him. But uh, we also have seen, you know, people do a lot worse with the character and the titles than you know by far than he has. Right. I've always liked Peter David as a Spider-Man writer. I've always liked Peter David as a writer. Period. Um, I, I hate to see him go. I mean, I would hope that he gets one of the other titles, but that probably won't happen. And I actually liked uh, what uh, Roberto was uh, was doing uh, yeah. after what I thought was a, a rather slow and tedious, uh, you know, five part, you know, space rock story. Uh, <laughs> I actually liked everything that he had done after that. Yeah. I, I don't know what's motivating it unless it's the low. I mean, JMS was going to leave anyway. He's been on for over six years. Right. But uh, you know, I don't know if it's the low sales on the other two titles or what. But I'm, I'm really getting weary of these revolving creative teams, and, mm-hmm. and plus the fact that uh, the other two writers never really got a chance to um, to sow their oats on Spidey because they kept having to deal with all these insipid crossovers and yeah. mega events. So. You know, put me down as as one who is very very skeptical. <laughs> yeah, Black Cat, what do you think of it? The changeover. Um, 
I think it's it's a little bit crazy because an amazing Spider-Man is going through a lot right now, and it's going to be for me very disruptive. Even though, you know, as Jr. pointed out, you know, Straczynski has had his up and ups and downs, but I don't know what else are we going to be able to throw at Spidey right now to yeah. make his life more miserable. And the fact that they're switching gears midstream, it's going to be uh, interesting to see. Are they going to make the stories worse, or is there light at the end of the tunnel? What's going on? Yeah. I don't know what Straczynski had in mind originally with all the miseries put Peter through recently, mm-hmm. and if he's going to share that with the new writer, or is the new writer just going to take off in another direction? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm really sad to see Roberto go. Mm-hmm. I really like what he was doing yeah. uh, with Peter, and especially for me with Felicia. I think he... Yeah did Felicia Hardy a lot of justice, and I know he's a, he's a Broadway playwright, and he's got some things coming up on that arena, so maybe that's why he had to make a decision where he wanted to focus his efforts, but I'm really sorry to see him go. I yeah. was looking forward to you know, maybe story he, arcs from him. He might start up a Black Cat solo series. That's been some rumors I've heard, but I don't know. That'd be, I think you'd be first in line to buy that, though, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, and I don't want to get too much into Black Cat right now, but, you know, yep. she's on Heroes for Hire right now, uh, yep. and I kind of get that's kind of like a B, B-minus yep. title. She's not really doing a lot other than showing up and um. cracking a couple of uh, witty things here and there, slapping some people around, but, you know, she's not really the star of that um. uh, title. So. Well- you know, I agree. If Roberto's going to do something for her, fabulous, and uh, <laughs> definitely more Peter and Felicia action. I love it, but uh, who knows? Yeah. More. what do you think of the changeover? Well, um, kind of like JR said, I think it depends a lot on who's coming in, and that's a big thing we don't know right now. This, what surprises me is this all just kind of came out of left field and was mentioned offhand because we knew JMS was leaving, and that was a big thing, but it's like Joe just kind of said, well, you know, those other two writers aren't really coming back after one more day either, so yeah. we'll see what well, happens. It wasn't even Joe. Um, it was what? Steve Wacker. It was, no, was it up there with Joe Casada. Yeah, you're right. It was yeah. Steve Wacker. But, um, yeah. you know, honestly, though, I think it's an intriguing idea at this point because JMS, <laughs> we all know my feelings about him. I think he's yeah. a great writer. I love his amazing Spider-Man, but he wanted to leave. Uh, he has had a good multi-year run, so that's fine. The other two... I mentioned before, I dropped those two books. I don't think they're very good right now. Um, so I'd be interested to see what they can bring in, because when I was still reading them, Sensational was the one that was on the bottom of my pile usually, and after I'd read everything else, it was a feeling of, well, I guess i got nothing left to read. So, <laughs> And then when yeah. Friendly Neighborhood came around, it was more like, son of a bitch, I have to read this since I bought it. <laughs> so if we get some good writers on there, I'll be very interested to see what happens. I also think it's interesting to take a totally fresh look at everything in the wake of whatever happens with One More Day, because one way or another, they are delivering on a fresh direction in Spider-Man with all three new writers. So I think it's an interesting idea, and I'd like to see who's going to be announced. Yeah. And last but not least, Spidey Dude, what do you think? Well, uh, concerning JMS, I'm going to say, thank God he's leaving finally. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's just a ribbit morb. Uh, No, JMS has had a fairly good run. I, I, I cannot complain about about his, the quality of writing. Not necessarily with the overall plots that he's thrown out, but the quality of writing has been pretty top-notch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter David, uh, I, I really wish he got he would have gotten to write the stories 
that he really wanted to write instead of being pampered by mm-hmm. the events, the other events around it. But uh, I, I agree, sensational. Roberto did a gr- has done a great job. I think he's packed more story, like we were debating, in in three issues than a, a Bendis arc on uh, New Avengers. So, yeah. uh, I just I I'm, I'm really kind of cautiously optimistic. I'm hoping that we're going to actually get some a little bit more of a lighthearted, uh, different direction on the titles. Although we do have some sort of uh, clue. Steve Wacker uh, did say, I guess it's his name, Steve Wacker. Yeah. What a great uh, name, by the way. He should go into broadcasting or something. Yeah. <laughs> reporting here at the fire, Steve Wacker. <laughs> Steve Wacker reporting for news. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, his, his the one hint that he did give out was that it was in his initials was going to be the new creative team of Amazing. So, and what S- the hell? Yeah, I don't. Has <laughs> anybody don't get else that. figured that out? Because I tried. <laughs> yeah. SGW, and I'm going. Okay, hmm, that's yeah. his initials. Slot. I don't know what the G would stand for, but uh, Mike Steve. Ringo. Oh, you know, that would be. Yeah, that would be one, but I don't know. I don't know who the G would be. I can't think of anybody. No. Oh, as far as my take on it, I agree that uh, it, it's it's kind of a mixed blessing. Uh, I'm I'm really really disappointed to see Peter David go because I don't think he really got the run that he wanted. I mean, it's what 20 issues or so, and he's had a crossover to start off with, so he really didn't uh, have a solo story for that. He had to share it with others. And I think he's having to pander to the the main title, you know, amazing with all the the identity change and stuff like that. And he really has had to play second fiddle. And I don't think he's had a, a that a run that he is. Uh, I maybe he's proud of it. I'm, I guess I I wouldn't be if I was the writer. I mean, I would always constantly be sad that I would be in the shadow of the main title. So Peter well, David, one of my all time favorite writers too, by the way. Uh, I gotta say, I want to make yeah. one more comment. The fact that, that we're going to actually see the Jonah yeah. confrontation in, in Friendly Neighborhood, as you know, asked by yours truly in the <laughs> podcast. Uh, work that in, buddy. <laughs> I had to work that in, but I, I, yeah. I'm really excited about that, so I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. glad he's going to end that run on a high note. Oh, yeah, well, I see that and, and raise you one. Uh, the podcast was mentioned in Amazing Spider Girl number eight. Ha-ha. Just kidding. <laughs> I had a letter in Amazing Spider Girl number three. So okay, I give up. Black Cat, us boys are fighting. <laughs> All right. Um, as far as the the turnover, I, I you know I, I've got kind of mixed blessings. I'm, I am happy to see JMS off of Amazing. I think he's had a, a so so run. It's not been the worst, but uh, it's not been the best either. I'm sorry, Morbius. Um, yes, it has. <laughs> and uh, Roberto. Um, his has been a mixed blessing too, in my opinion. I think he's a, he's a solid writer, uh, but he needs to be teamed up with a good penciler. Uh, the recent uh, story he did about the it was like a black cat one issue. I thought that was really good, uh, and I think yeah, with, with, Sean Chen. I mean, that was just and he also did a, a good one with uh, Mary Jane, where uh, the visual I remember is where she was in like an auditorium and, and the whole rogues oh, yeah, gallery. The whole arena yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, Stark was the uh, was Caesar, and right. Glenn was the Empress. And, I thought yeah, that was, was a good issue. Too, as well. Yeah, I, I think if teamed up, he can be a great uh, partner with the penciler. But this last issue with the 
Uh, all I remember is there's like the Spider Hulk in jail, and the, whoever the penciler was for that storyline was horrible. I just could not take that storyline. I just really didn't dig it. But uh, I'm hoping Dan Slott does come on because I've enjoyed his stuff on She-Hulk and the Thing the solo book was you know, really good. As long as it's different from that swing shift thing he wrote, haven't, my God, will I punt <laughs> that book out the window? Yeah, I haven't read that one. My my comic shop was sold out, so I wasn't able to read that one. I gave that away. <laughs> <laughs> Not my way, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I had known. <laughs> anyway, I'm hoping Slot comes on, and I think I really don't know who other, else would be good on a Spider-Man book. I mean, um, I I don't know until I read it. So. There you go. All right, you guys ready to move on to topic two, or we pretty much talked that one out? I've got a topic. Okay. Our next um, – oh, go ahead. Well, i got Sorry. a question for the group right now. Okay. Um, chicken nuggets or ramen noodles? What do you suggest? <laughs> chicken nuggets. Uh, <laughs> both. Both, man. JR? Nuggets. I gotta go with right. both because I used to make a dish when I was in college, ramen noodles and chicken nuggets, and you put some vegetables on it and some soy sauce. It's good stuff and it's cheap. Well, I would have to go without the vegetables and the soy sauce, but I think I can deal with that. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the uh, Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast cooking segment, and uh, <laughs> bring out your uh, old Spider-Man cereal. Anyway, moving on to topic number two, we're gonna talk to Black Cats. Uh, She's one of our newest posters on the board, and if you didn't know, she's a female to boot. So that's <laughs> uh, what they exist. What yeah, exactly? Uh, Black Cat, kind of tell me about how you got interested in comics. Uh, well, my interest in comics has been pretty recent, and that's yeah. basically because I married a real hardcore Silver Age Marvel collector. Uh huh. And. Um, like the good girlfriend slash fiance wife that I am, very interested in his hobbies and pursuits, and he just got me really plugged into the world of Marvel and especially Spider-Man. I did see the old Spider-Man cartoon series growing mm-hmm. up, so I, I remember bits and pieces and knew the basic story, but in terms of learning about um, Peter Parker and what he went through and his... Uh, cast of supporting characters and his uh, gallery of villains, mm-hmm. I really had to, uh, I really I really had a big learning curve, so I think right. I spent like two weeks just devouring everything I could find on it. And, <laughs> now, is this uh, pr- pre-movie that, that you uh, got interested in comics, or? Pre-movie. Pre-movie, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to say it was about two years before the movie, so we knew the movie was in the works, and right. a lot of buzz, of course. Um, right. My husband does go to a lot of uh, comic cons so we were going to the ones in san francisco yeah because uh, that's where we live so right. uh you know I, I feel comfortable in the world of comics i mean it's yeah. not something that i'm doing because oh gosh it's my husband's hobby and i better keep <laughs> up with him or i'm going to become a football widow whatever it is that they call it um, <laughs> I, am, I am interested yeah <laughs> i am i am interested in it and i think i've mentioned on the board his interest kind of drops off uh, once the Bronze Age starts, I mean, he yeah. is collecting it, but I really uh, became better versed in what happened to Spidey during that era, and that's where I discovered the Black Cat, and since I'm a very, very avid cat lover, it was the mm-hmm. perfect character for me to latch onto. but I really, um, I just really like the interaction between Felicia and Peter, and I always felt a little chagrin that they, they just didn't know what to do with her. Yeah. Really, so- and they really took some turns for the worse with the character in yeah. a few issues. 
Well, kind of like so around the eight, right around now. the eighties, uh, is that when your husband dropped off interest? Like when the black suit came in and when uh, Felicia and him hooked up and stuff no, like that. I want to say he dropped off interest uh, before that. I want to okay. say mid seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a collection that he from his original collection from when he was growing up that he sold to buy an Aston Martin. No. Oh. Uh, five. So, wow. Um, <laughs> He put it to good use. Um, <laughs> then he kick, now he kicks himself in the pants because a lot of really valuable comics went in there. Um, yeah. And he was not just collecting Spider-Man. I mean, he was collecting all sorts of mm-hmm. Marvel titles. Right. So he's he's trying to rebuild it, but he's basically said after, like, the Gwen Stacy uh, story arc, her death, that's where he yeah. decided it just dropped off for him. So. Now, how about your collection? Have you been able to amass a good back issues of uh, Black Cat comics? Uh, I want to say yes. Yeah. I'm missing probably like 12 issues, but I've yeah. got most of them. There's about 115 of them. Oh, wow. Um, and now I'm adding all the current ones, of course. Right. Even that awful Claws miniseries, did, did you like that? or I, did you... I got, uh, No, I, I didn't like it. But, <laughs> Good. <laughs> you know, if, if you're going to be really entrenched with the character, yeah. you got to go with the good and the bad, so you know what yeah. the hell you're talking about. So, <laughs> um, I didn't like it, but I'm, I'm glad that they gave her some uh, airtime. Yeah, they did. Yeah. The uh, artwork wasn't that bad. I just thought the story was pretty weak, but, you know. You didn't think uh, the artwork was that bad? No, I didn't care. I didn't mind it. It was, wasn't it Lisner? I think Lisner was the artist. I couldn't yeah. even open the cover. That thing was uh. so ugly. <laughs> Well, well the, the whole liberty that they took with her outfit, and, yeah, yeah, and uh, they wrote, you know, Peter Parker Spider-Man is kind of uh, not in character in the opening, yeah, the opening pages. Like, okay, did he take a happy pill or what? I mean, he was just <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he, he tried to pinch her butt or kiss her or something, if, or if I remember correctly. Yeah, and he never yeah. did that. Yeah. Well, finally our hero has turned to drugs. <laughs> he took that uh, mutant growth pill that's on the street by written by Bendis. <laughs> I was thinking crack, but either way. Yeah. Well, talk a bit about Black Cat, about how you think Marvel or, you know, even DC or any comic book company can attract more female readers. I mean, it sounds, sounds like you really got into it and you really enjoy it, and there's a possibility that more women can get into it. Um, I think there is a the possibility. What I, what I think... Part of the problem is is the overall image. You know, it's like, oh, it's guys and it's people beating up people. But you mm-hmm. get a story like Spider-Man, it's got a lot of soap opera in it, and that's what right. women like to read. Right. You know, when you pick up one of these romance novels, there may, you know, maybe it's a sh- pirate story and there's pirates beating up pirates, but it, there's always, like, the pirates swoon- swooning over the chick with the low-cut dress. I mean, you know, and <laughs> women, women devour those kind of books. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like... Uh, like, uh, Spider-Man is a good introductory title for women to come into. Now, whether the stories right now have that good balance, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But certainly some of the earlier Spider-Mans up to 100, right. really, really heavy on the soap opera. So, right. JR, um, how, how what do you think of getting women interested in the books? I mean, how, how what's your eight, magic eight ball solution? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe it's uh, statues of uh, male superheroes in their underwear doing laundry. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, jeez. Need to bring that up, Jr. <laughs> well, that was a, that's a segue into eventually another topic we'll talk about. But yeah. uh, I, you know, 
you know, that's a good question because I don't think it's uh, – I think with the comic industry, it's not so much how do we get women involved. It's how do we get anybody yeah. who isn't already a comic geek to read the things anymore. Yeah, that's true. Um, so really, I mean, I think – you know, I, although I would say a lot of it is is the delivery um, – you know, it's like with kids, you know, I mean, where are women going? Women are not going into uh, poorly lit, uh, you know, uh, poorly maintained, uh, greasy comic book shops with, a, you know, a bunch of uh, really strange characters hanging around. Yeah. Um, so it, it's like, you know, how do we, you know, one, you gotta, you got to put them where the women are, just like you got to yep. put them where the kids are. And, exactly. Uh, so that's your Walmart and Target. And exactly. exactly. That's, that's Let's get the right. comics in Victoria's Secret. Yeah. <laughs> That would be a, actually, that's more of a guy shop, you know, to, to try to get some sort of gift for his um, sweet thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I but, uh, girls shop there too, too. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm shutting up. You the Victoria's Secret expert there, then? Uh, well, you know, I had a, one of my very good friends actually used to work at Victoria's Secret. Wow. One of your very uh, good friends. Very good friend. <laughs> Didn't have not a you. girlfriend, but a very good friend. Wow. <laughs> All right, let me take the reins back. Because <laughs> the horse is going off the hill. <laughs> Black Cat, do you agree? I mean, it's probably an access thing. You know, uh, they aren't available to women or men as much as they used to be back in the, the prime of the 60s, 70s, and 50s, I guess. Right, and, you know, I didn't live through that era, but my husband says, yeah, you would just... You would pick it up at, at your corner store, at the 7-Eleven, the guy selling the paper at him. I mean, exactly. the distribution channel was just yeah. intense yeah. back then. And then, I guess, at some point in the 80s, they decided to uh, cut the channel. Is it 80s or 90s? I think it was, yeah. like, late 90s, I think, is when... So, uh, so after the... After the speculation imploded? Yeah. Cause, comic, okay, so after the comic book speculation imploded, then they, yeah. they retreated back to... Um, these small shops, and it, definitely there's a label that says "Do not enter unless you can do the secret handshake." <laughs> exactly. It's like a dungeon. Yeah, it's much. I agree. Um, let's. And also, I guess you know, comics are graphic novels, and <laughs> women are more interested in dialogue than pictures. Versus guys want to see the pictures versus. Right. The dialogue. So again, it's finding just a happy. Me- if they really okay, if they're really serious about bringing women in, uh-huh. there's ways of doing it. Ha- Whether that's the corporate direction. Yeah. Well, what what, what would be your top? What would be at number one on your list to how to bring them in? Make them so. Definitely uh, changing the channels. Changing yeah. channels, making yeah. it more accessible. Um, Reading comics, you have to hold a comic and look at it. Online isn't going to do it, but some people do prefer online. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely they have to change how they get these things distributed. I agree. Also, we'll talk a bit about, uh, now do you think Felicia is the perfect match for Peter, or do you think Mary Jane is? Or what What do you think Felicia's role should be in his universe? Uh, that's a really good question. Yeah. I think up until I read the Roberto Aguirre Sacasa story arc, the recent one. Now you're just flaunting that you can say his name. <laughs> that was great. I couldn't get it once out. <laughs> I, up until I read that story arc, uh, Felicia, I felt, was always a bit on the immature scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she and Peter are hot together. I mean, there's, they probably had a lot of hot monkey love going on between them. <laughs> there was a really good friendship. That's well, Nick, I can tell this is not going to be an all-ages podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's the quote of the podcast, all hot monkey love. I love <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. You're uh, at the monkey love. Monkey love. <laughs> I was at the monkey love part. <laughs> oh, God. Peter really, uh, the woman in Peter's life has to provide him the stability he doesn't have when he's out superheroing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs he needs an anchor to come home to and calm him down. And Felicia didn't want that. She wanted to be superheroing 24-7 and doing things uh, in the costume at all times. Mm-hmm. However, now the way Roberto wrote her, and this is what I really liked, he made Felicia feel comfortable with herself as a costumed person, but also as a regular street person. She's com- she's accepted herself and is now comfortable with that. So right. the Felicia we saw with Roberto, yes. Right. However, you know, Peter is unavailable at the moment. Right. So unless they're really to put the kibosh on the spider marriage, whether they do or they don't, I guess that's... Uh, yeah. You know, Joe Casada's out to get them. Yeah, it seems to be. But you know, you know, uh, Peter's supporting cast has gone down, mm-hmm. and he really needs uh, people other than Aunt May and Mary Jane to be his support yeah. system. And I think Felicia would fit very nicely yeah. into that role. Would I like to see them together as a couple? Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. Uh, I think they generate a lot more heat than he and Mary Jane do, but. Yeah. One one last black cat question, then we'll move on to topic three. What did you think of the uh, the Kevin Smith black cat miniseries that took fifteen years to come out? Oh gosh, <laughs> um, I wrote some comments on that. I wasn't happy with it mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah, I think it started out good. I was all excited. Then as these subsequent issues came out, and then with the uh, forever break that he took, mm-hmm. it was like it, to me it was a letdown. I think. It, could have been a lot better, and it just didn't deliver on the promise. Yeah. I think if Roberto had written that story arc, holy cow, that thing would have just been <laughs> off the charts, yeah. totally. In my book, of course. I right. mean, this is my own personal opinion. Right. Um, was Kevin Smith the right guy to do it? Not sure, because yeah. I didn't like the retcon he did with her yeah. at all. He made her a rape victim, essentially. Made her a rape victim. Yeah. She was bisexual. It was like you know, throw throw out every angry woman cliche you've got yeah. in the book, right? Yeah. Now Felicia's more about that, and I just didn't like. I said I just didn't enjoy the retcon he did with her. I'm surprised Marvel allowed him to do yeah. it. Now, Spidey dude, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Tom DeFalco made Felicia a lesbian in Spider Girl, right? Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, I think he he, actually, he, he was the he, first he one. He did too. Yeah, he yeah. was originally the first one. Right. And, you know, Tom DeFalco, and correct me if I'm wrong, he's the one that did the original uh, Spectacular Spider-Man um, with Felicia and Peter in the, you know, in the, in the uh, 70 through, I think, 79. What? Well, J.R., I, I think that was... Uh, Marv, Marv Wolfman did Marv the Wolfman. first Black Cat story. Yeah. And then Roger amazing, Stern. Though. That was and amazing, it, though. Oh, the spect- are you talking Spectacular Spider-Man? Yeah, Spectacular, I think it was... Uh, it was Bill Mantlow. Bill Mantlow, that's right, Bill Mantlow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's the one with the Doc Ock where he injured her and had to go to the yeah, hospital. Yeah. yeah, okay, that, yeah. Yeah, that's Mantlow. Okay. And then Milgram was the one who really took her downhill. Oh, um, gosh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. So you know, but you know, ultimate is is an alternate storyline. Yeah. So that's fine. I mean, you you understand when you're picking up the ultimate, it's an alternate canon of the character, so yeah. you have a little bit more leeway. That doesn't bother me as much as when you're dealing with the direct canon of the character and the right. actual timeline we're supposed to be coexisting with them. Right. That's where I take issue. Okay. Well, moving on to an alternate universe where female superheroes do laundry. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez. The uh, the sexy MJ statue is causing quite the stir. If you haven't seen this picture, it's all over the internet. It's basically uh, an Adam Hughes drawn uh, image and put to a three dimensional uh, statue with Mary Jane bent over with their ass in the air, <laughs> washing a Spider Man costume in a little laundry bucket and uh, a lot of cleavage. And it goes for 125, and it's sold out instantly from Sideshow Collectibles. So, uh, it's, the story's been on Fox News, MSNBC. Spider fans are outraged, or I don't know who's outraged about how sexy a portrayal this is, and if it's degrading to women. So, our expert on women, we're going to go to uh, Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Jr. By virtue of being married the longest, right? <laughs> there you go. What do you think of this thing? Oh, you're married. 18 years. Yeah. Okay, yeah, uh, you got me beat. How, how, how many years have you been married, Black Cat? Uh, we're coming up on eight. Eight. See, I'm coming up on two. See, so Spidey Dude and Morbius are still, still, still on the honeymoon phase. Yeah. <laughs> Morbius and Spidey Dude are still hope. <laughs> All right. See, I've got Brad Tad on my time being single pretty much right oh, now. Oh, man. That's good. <laughs> Well, I'm not the expert over here. <laughs> no, definitely not. Not me either. So don't worry, more. <laughs> anyway, back to our female expert, Jr. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did write an article for Spidey Kicks Butt on women in comics. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to revise it. Um, I, I think I think kind of what's happened is we're almost in a perfect storm mm-hmm. uh, with that particular the issue of uh, the sexuality of women in comics. And I think, I mean, I think it's a, you know, really you could almost do an entire podcast or more on it mm-hmm. because, you know, this, this whole thing with Mary Jane is just part of a larger issue. And that's how women perceive that they're being portrayed in, in the media. But in addition to the Mary Jane statue, you also had that uh, uh, Hero for Hires cover where uh, the cat and, um, and a couple of the other characters are obviously in a state of distress uh, and about to be taken advantage of. And then yeah. there's a um, yet another uh, a, a manga publisher uh, decided in America decided not to uh, publish a uh, a comic uh, from Japan in which uh, uh, features an eight year old girl having sexual fantasies about uh, uh, her, her her adult teacher. So huh. there just seems to be a lot of that stuff out right now, mm-hmm. and the Mary Jane statue is a part of it. Uh, my question, you know, I, I guess I just maybe just because I'm old and senile these days, <laughs> I just don't see the pro- the issue. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to buy the statue for one because if I did, uh, it would be broken over my head in an instant, uh, <laughs> you know, for one. But, Oh, God. That's awesome. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like w- both women and men have always been sexualized. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, how many, uh, you know, if you go and look at uh, this this really marvelous website uh, some guy does called superdickery.com, uh, I mean, and he, and he brings out covers and panels. Uh, there have always been, you know, women, uh, women and men, have both, have, and primarily women because the, the titles have been geared towards 
young males. Yeah. So it's really not surprising that you would have, uh, you know, more titillating. Nice pun. See, you couldn't even get that out. You couldn't even get that out with Dublin. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, I, I just find it a lot of, I mean, a lot of, um, on, on the statue in particular, I just find it a lot of ado uh, about nothing, you know. I mean, get a life. Geez, we got a war going on, and you know, we've got uh, massive unemployment. We got social problems, and uh, you know, where and people are getting up in arms over a stupid statue. And we've so, got that infamous debate: chicken noodles or, or uh, ramen noodles? Yeah, or chicken nuggets. Or chicken yeah. nuggets, chicken noodles. What? Hey, I'm screwing up. I'm distracted by your titillation comment. I mean, I think nuggets the, right now. Okay, I think the uh, Heroes for Hire cover is more of an issue yeah. than, uh, than than the statue, and, uh, and 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 I have to admit that Joe Joe Casada's rather disingenuous comments about both issues just you know j- just make one ill. I mean, he's smart enough to know exactly what's going on, uh, yeah. and he's smart enough to know exactly uh, what marketing tools are used mm-hmm. uh, in promoting these types of products. Right. So. That that doesn't help either when he kind of pretends to know not what's go- pretends not to know what's going on. Right. Morbius, what were you saying? What's your, your thought on it? Um, well, the thought I was saying was that thank you for the chicken nugget recommendation because <laughs> I'm enjoying them now. Um, <laughs> my thoughts on the uh, statue are well documented on the message board, but for people that only listen to the podcast, it outright pisses me off. Yeah. Um, as to answer the comment of Jr. That we've got a war going on and unemployment and all this stuff. I say that does not make it a perfect time to objectify women. I don't, I don't see that. Um, well, any time is a good time to objectify women, right? <laughs> Black cat's um, going to cut you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, in all seriousness, though, that is becoming, in certain aspects of comics, not all of them, um, way too prevalent at times. Um, And that statue came out at a point where I was just getting more and more pissed off. Um, A lot of that's because as much as I love the Top Cow comic book company, um, they publish some great stuff, their artists a lot of the times just go for Mm over-sexualization, way over-sexualization. That's why I loved when Witchblade changed because they took – the TNA out of it, really, and changed it into a book that had a story. Mm-hmm. Which, let's face it, I like to read a story. That's why I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I go to Top Cow's message boards, and there are threads for their artists. Um, one of them, guy calls himself Ebaz, Eric Bethel Dua. Amazing artist. When he draws something like The Darkness, which is a man that he's not trying to sexualize, it's, you know, some of the most amazing comic book art you're ever going to see. But any time there is a woman... They just have the most gigantic breasts. They're wearing nothing. <laughs> He's cleverly trying to cover them with something that's probably also supposed to be sexy. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's terrible. There's there's no good portrayal. There's no, you know, even. That's what I'm looking for. There's no even portrayal between mm-hmm. men and women right. in these comics. I think there needs, that's part of not getting these things to women. There needs to be something for everybody to identify with. And even beyond identifying, you know, I will usually identify with the male character because I'm a male, but I'm not going to identify with him if he's just surrounded by these gigantically chested women throwing themselves (laughs) at him in the most sexual positions and backing their asses up to him while they're doing his laundry. You know, I'm sorry, I just can't identify with that. Well, I can. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Moro, I'm sorry. (laughs) But I just, 
I thought the statue kind yeah. of illustrated everything that's wrong um, in the portrayal of women, and the thing that got me the most was it did it in a way that was in mainstream marketing because it was a statue, pictures are online, everybody's seeing these pictures now, it's in mainstream news, and this is how we're being perceived now. This is how the comic book fans are being perceived, like we're just you know, a bunch of corny little fanboys that want to see a plastic tit. See or feel. Probably both. For some fanboys, that's the only one they're going to see or feel. (laughs) That's awesome. JR, are you insinuating that me and Warbius are going to sit there and just not be married? Is that is that it? I'm speaking about you. I think he just skedaddled right past insinuation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he, he smacked you over the head with his web shooter. Anyway, uh, <laughs> buddy dude, what's your take on it, buddy? Okay, first of all, I'm going to start calling the United States the United States with the offended. Mm. I'm sorry, I don't see the... Uh, I, I just, I don't get offended easy. I mean, I grew my, my sister's mentally and physically handicapped, and when somebody uses the word retarded, people instantly look at me as if I'm going to be offended. I'm not offended by many things at all. And this t- statue, it was... Basically, it's a three D three dimensional image of one of the pinups from the fifties. Yeah. Except maybe without the thong. Mm-hmm. Um, I just look. It, it's up to buyers. Uh, if the buyer wants to buy it, let them buy it. It's not going to bother me. It's not going to sit there and rub me the wrong way. <laughs> Do I agree with Morbius? Yeah. That there's a lot of tits and ass. Yeah. Yes. And I wish. And that's why I enjoy the book Spider Girls because that's not real prevalent in in that book. So Yeah. <laughs> I, I really it's it's just like I you know, I, I disagree with uh JR about the unemployment. It's never been lower, but uh <sighs> Well I live in Ohio which is very economically depressed. So. Okay, okay oh yeah, Ohio. Well I live in Texas where the Mexicans are stealing all our jobs. So anyway <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! wow. Oh, Man, this wow. is becoming the O'Reilly factor. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, good yeah. lord, people. Um, anyway, I'm, uh, I'm Latino and I came and I stole the good old white boy and married him. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> well done. Well, well done. done. Well done. Uh, well now done. that was probably his fantasy, though, was to uh, <laughs> find a hot Latin woman. Is what it was. <laughs> wow. Laundry. Hey, meanwhile, back at the ranch. Uh, <laughs> like, thanks, uh, thanks. Thanks to Brad. <laughs> um, Anything else you want to say, Spidey, about the uh, statue? No, I can't. Uh, yeah. The statue, it's 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 a it's a nice looking statue, but yeah. I, I just don't see the huge outcry and, yeah. and national media attention that it got. I just yeah. was like, okay, let's get some filler. All right. Well, it's now time to get the female perspective, which we don't always get in this podcast. What, Black Cat, what do you think of the statue? Um. I think this is an interesting debate on the kind of buttons it's pushing mm-hmm. for a lot of people. I tend to look at it more about, you know, is this how Marvel wants us to perceive Mary Jane, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. Of course, Mary Jane started out as a go-go girl in the 60s, party girl. Um, back in the 60s, though, they didn't draw them with her cups running over and bending over <laughs> with her thong showing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mary Jane was supposed to be the quote-unquote good-time girl, even if she was putting on a farce that she was, but that was the image she was portraying. The Mary Jane that we are dealing with now is not the go-go girl or party girl anymore. She's uh, sobered up a little bit. Yeah. So to me, it's more 
from Marvel's perspective, what is the message you're trying to send about Mary Jane? And I think what's curious about it is that if there was no Spider-Man costume in that statue, would you know who the hell that was (laughs) bending over with her cups running over? (laughs) That's true. You know, I I agree. is, is, Is Mary Jane a strong enough character within the Marvel Universe that she stands on her own that people can identify with her immediately and visually and, oh, okay, yeah, this is Mary Jane Watson, not Mm -hmm. Mrs. Spider-Man doing, uh, sorting the laundry. You know, uh, the statue that predated this one was uh, an X-Men Emma Frost costume, which I thought was even more revealing. But I think this one made the news because people were looking for Spider-Man news related to the movie. Right, and, you know, I think it's it's clever marketing Mm -hmm. that... uh, Sideshow released this right around the time the movie came out, and there was a strong Mary Jane Watson connection in the movie. Uh, Wow, you know, it must have been a slow news day, because this thing just burned up the airways for about a day or so. Exactly. I'm a little bit more worried about uh, Marvel's stewardship of its characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, My husband's in the licensed products business, and he licenses characters all the time, and there's one character that he... uh, that he does products for, who's supposed to be, she's supposed to be sexy, but not sexual. Mm-hmm. So she can be shown in certain poses, but if, for example, uh, you show too much cleavage, the product's not going to get approved. Mm. So they're very careful about how this uh, product is uh, packaged and presented to the general buying public. Right. So I think, it, for me, it raises more questions about, you know, what is Marvel trying to do with Mary Jane, right. really, well, and how they're trying to portray her to the general public. Well, if anybody... Oh, go ahead, GR. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, unfortunately, that presumes that Marvel is actually even thinking of anything besides making a buck. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, I, I don't think that they, they're even thinking about how will, how will people perceive... You know, this particular character. It's like, you know, somebody wrote them a licensing check, and it's like, okay, we'll take it. Right. Right. Yeah. But if you think about it, you know, sex sells. It sells in everything, you know, advertising especially. And in this case, it it worked because, A, the news of that statue went out to all the different media outlets, and it also sold out instantly on that website. I think they made like 2,000 of them, and I think they wish they would have made 20,000 of them because they probably would have sold well, see, and that's right. those would be that uh, percentage of those horny fanboys I was talking about. <laughs> True. Well, and see that this is a, this is a contradiction, uh, and it goes back to uh, it reminds me of like protest over the last temptation of Christ and something. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that movie would have sank without a stone in the box office. No one would have heard of it if people hadn't protested. And it's mm-hmm. like the thing with the Mary Jane statue. If you know, if people hadn't gotten up in arms about it, it would have sold. You know, what would it have sold? It would have sold what? any of these other statues do. Right. But, you know, by by well, by getting up in arms about it, you know, people bring, you know, they they bring more attention to it and essentially what they do is they're going to guarantee that more yeah. of this stuff is going to that they're offended by is going to come out. Right. So I I I guess I have this real disconnect with exactly what you know, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to prove. Right. Go ahead, Black Cat. What were you saying? Well, you know, as as um as we're saying here, you know, they, they unwittingly or either very sagaciously brought attention to this, and this thing sold out in, mm-hmm. in less than a day. Had they not done it, it probably would have taken them five years to get rid of it. Right. Now, um, would anybody buy this statue if it was, wasn't was sold out? I mean, would anybody buy it? No. Hell no. No? no. no? I liked it. 
<laughs> I don't know why I liked it. Now, you know, Black Cat, if you go back, there's a Bowen Black – essentially, most Black Cat stuff has a lot of cleavage in it. I mean, are you offended by that or uh, – uh, No, yeah. no. Um, but I did write, you know, I don't like it when they when they draw Black Cat with Dolly Parton chess on it because <laughs> it's, that's just ridiculous. I mean yeah. – like the, I like, there's a, you know, she, she's supposed to have cleavage, but you know, you know, I like my cleavage too. Yeah. But, uh, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a Bowen bust that was released at least a couple of years ago that was, that was, uh, kind of suggestive too, uh, with black. Oh, yeah. Hair. The one I like is yeah. the, uh, the classic one. Mm-hmm. Oh, classic one. Yeah, uh, it's the one with her original costume, and it's in dark blue and not black. Oh. Uh, and she's she's standing uh, she's standing on the rooftop. That's the one I like the best. Uh, I'm not sure I want to shell out 135 dollars for it. I've been trying to yeah. snipe it off eBay for 40. We haven't had much luck, but that's the one I like. Now, a question to the panel. I mean, who who's buying this? Who's buying it? Is it is it because our fanboys? Do they have 200 bucks in their pocket to buy this stuff? Well, either that or they've got their priorities. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they know where their priorities are. Um, I would certainly, again, I, I would buy a statue if it was uh, well done and for me represented the strength of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Peter's told me, you know, if, you, if there's a statue you want, Peter's my husband, sorry, not Peter Parker. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you sure they weren't one and the same? <laughs> <laughs> She just revealed a secret out there. Yeah, she was. Damn it. That's right, and I am the black cat. <laughs> oh, now I'm even getting more uh, images. Oh. Stop it. J- I can't do mouth-to-mouth resuscitation on JR through the phone, so I'm going to have to call 911. Oh, thank goodness. When we've, gone, when we've gone and seen, you know, either at the Comic Cons, in fact, there's a Comic Con in San Jose this weekend, we're probably going to go uh-huh. tomorrow uh, to have a look. But, you know, if there's statues we see and we talk about it, we like, um, you know, he would get it for me if I said, oh, yeah, i got to have it. Yeah. Most of the time I say, I'll try to see if I can get it on eBay first. There's a really nice uh, Nick Fury Storenko one that's out there that I, I, I would like to get for him. Oh, that's I cool. I think it's really well done. Yeah. But you know it's two hundred dollars a pop, and you know I've got the income, but it's like it's it's just resin, guys. It's yeah. not porcelain. I actually have one on uh, top of my television, which is a replica of uh, Mary Jane's first appearance, which was put up oh, by. Yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah, that is a nice. One. I like that one, and I actually I have the uh, this one makes everybody comments on this when they go into my Spidey Shrine. It's the the black cat uh, action figure. Set by uh, Marvel Select, that where she's robbing the bank and Spider-Man's on the back wall, and oh yes, yes. yes. Do you ha- have you seen that action figure? Everybody comments on that one. I've seen it. I haven't bought it, but I've seen that one. There's like a little portable bag of jewels with it. Or yes, something. and uh, they're amazed how much uh, plastic was placed in certain parts of the statue. Is what everybody comments <laughs> on when they when they see that in the one in the collection. But eh, what you gonna do? <sighs> Are we have we talked that one out, guys? What do you think? I got one more. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, just the black cat brings up a good point. Yeah. Um, when she said about the statues, if they're well made. Yeah. And that was another thing that I noticed about this Mary Jane statue. Is that I think Adam Hughes is a good artist for the most part. Mm-hmm. But that statue does not resemble anybody in the world's actual body proportions. Yeah. It doesn't even look like it could possibly be real. And to me, that's not a well-made statue. The anatomy is totally wrong. She looks like she's going to break under the weight of her tits <laughs> because, <laughs> because her stomach, her belly, her you know, her waist yeah. 
it doesn't exist. Well, well neither <laughs> does Barbie. I mean, this is that's a, the argument that is used against the Barbie doll. That, Barbie's uh, not that nearly not as bad, though. Barbie's not nearly as bad as that. I mean, that's like the worst body image I've ever seen, and I have seen Humberto Ramos' art. No. <laughs> Yeah, but Roberto Ramos doesn't do people; he does simians. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, they do exactly. look like chips. Like Daniel use faces. <laughs> it looks like one of Paltrow when it's stretched out. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Wow, <laughs> Spidey, do, do, well, thanks for that have, moment of zen. Have we heard your comment on the statue yet? Have you given your two yes, cents? Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I, I'm the one that, that brought up the uh, O'Reilly factor stuff. Oh, gotcha. Well, you know, yeah, we went to Spidey Dude's ranch. Remember, it was a great trip. <laughs> Well, one other thing, you know, if you think about it, I mean, uh, the women are exaggerated. Their body types are exaggerated in comics. But you know what? So are the guys. I mean, not every guy has a six-pack. Not every guy has huge muscles. Uh, we wish. I mean, what, what do you think of that? I mean, what if uh, we've seen the result if this... Exactly. We've seen the results of Spider-Man bent over doing laundry. I, I think a fan drew that. Um, what, what do you guys... Well, I'm with... Exaggeration in proportions of both the sexes in comic books. So it's where you get to the point where it's just ridiculous and far too oversexualized to the point where it's like they're not trying to tell a story, they're trying to get you off. <laughs> and yeah. I've got porn for that, yeah. let's face it. Well, well, p- <laughs> porn sells. I mean, uh, sex that, that may explain your lack of luck with women. <laughs> <laughs> that JR took a shot at somebody besides me. I love it. <laughs> You're expanding, well, JR. You're expanding your horizons. I like it. <laughs> You're right now. Uh, one last comment about it. Okay. You look at the uh, other statue with MJ's first appearance, and you look at that statue, mm-hmm. and I prefer the uh, the Ramita esque yeah. statue over that in Hughes. Oh, so. All right. You get the last word on it. So let's. Whoa! Did we go into a wind tunnel? Whoa. What the heck is that? What's that? I think somebody's heavy breathing. All right, I better move on. <laughs> uh, if you saw on the uh, the main page of the Spider-Man Crawl Space uh, website, I did an article about, uh, or I linked to an article, about this man who sold his idea back in 1982 for Spider-Man to receive a black costume. Tom DeFalco kind of talked a bit about this uh, a few podcasts ago about it, and he's just now coming out at the movie saying, you know, that was my idea. I think I should be given at least credit on the screen or something for coming up with that idea. Um, Spidey Dude, what do you think of that, the guy coming out uh, right when the movie happened saying, that was my idea. I sold it for 200 bucks back in the day. Yeah, well, which would have been about 2000 and uh, with inflation. But yeah. uh, really... Tom, Tom pretty much said it best on the Spider Girl message board. Yeah. Uh, he's why is he coming out now? Yeah. And not when made his first appearance, or when we had debuted the costume in Secret Wars, or even when we debuted the costume in, in Amazing Spider-Man 252. Mm-hmm. Back in '84. Yeah. Uh, two years later. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice that we actually get to have a face and a name behind it because we've always heard it was a fan. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of question the timing of him coming out with that. Yeah. Uh, do you think he should receive like credit for it? I mean, he didn't really write the first book, but he had an idea of a black suit. Do you think he should get credit? Uh, yeah. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, because Tom DeFalco didn't get any credit, did he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he got paid. And, and look, the royalties from the books. Uh, uh, David Mechelin, uh Tom DeFalco, Steve Ditko, 
uh, Ron Frentz, you know, they, they he got as much money as they did. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Which was zero. I mean, the only person that got any money, any creators uh, from the time books were, uh, oh, Stan Lee. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> I don't think he should get anything. But wouldn't you, Unless he, I mean, I'd feel gypped. If, but I guess I would have followed through. I wouldn't have just let it linger for 20 years either. But I'd feel yeah. kind of chipped if that was my idea and someone else ran with it. So. Yeah, but, but the idea was a black costume. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, so what? I mean, to be honest, I mean, Spider-Man should have a different costume. Oh, okay, cool idea. Here, two, here's 200 bucks. <laughs> you know, not, not, ba- not bad for a, you know, for a brainstorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as, as he said, he didn't design it. He wasn't an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Mike Zeck ultimately designed the thing. Um, you know, the the whole idea of the symbiote uh, that was uh, that was not his. Um, yeah. his, his actually his idea that it was a gift from the Fantastic Four and did all these funky things. Actually, his idea is closer to the costume that actually showed up in that that abortive um, Spider-Man Unlimited cartoon where he goes <laughs> off to the uh, the other Earth, Earth Two or whatever. Yeah. Um, this is this is. I mean, he's 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 you know he's been on Inside Edition. He's been in the New York Post. He's you know Jim Shooter d- did admit once he wished he'd got him some more money. But I mean, come on. I mean, it's it's like you know Joe Simon actually came up with the idea of a character called Spider Man back in the fifties. Hmm. But you know you don't see him making the round saying, hey, I came up with the idea of Spider-Man, yeah. because they're obviously not the same characters. Yeah. So. Uh, we'll have to hit that topic up again. I didn't know that Joe Simon did that. But go ahead, Black Cat. Yeah, um, from a business point of view, he probably had to sign a really lengthy contract where he said, I surrender the intellectual property of this to Marvel in exchange of $200. So that's the, that should be the end of that for him. Yeah. It sounds to me just like trying to milk 15 minutes of yeah, same time with the movie. Yeah, he, he definitely got his 15 minutes. I mean, he's been all over the media saying, I created it, I thought of it, blah, blah, blah. But you don't see Mike Zeck going around saying, I designed the suit on all the Inside Edition shows, etc. So Exactly. Yeah. And Mike Zeck has more to do with it probably than... You know, this does. Yeah, I mean the the whole the white spider on the front, the whole black look to it. I mean that's Zach. I mean that's mm-hmm. he's the guy. Exactly. He's the creator, if anything. But mm-hmm. uh, who haven't we heard from? Morb, if I hit you up. No. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go of ahead. course, as per usual, at least once per podcast, Jr. totally stole everything I was going to say. <laughs> but uh, I mean, what an attention whore! For God's sake! <laughs> I mean. You know, back in the day, it was like, duh, I think Spider-Man should wear black. Who gives a crap? Yeah. I mean, like JR said, and I was going to say first, if you had gotten to me in time, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't write a word, didn't write out a plot line, didn't come up with a symbiote, didn't even design the friggin' suit. Yeah. He thought Spider-Man should wear black. Good job. <laughs> Who cares? $200 was a gift. <laughs> Wow, I have J. Jonah Jameson on the line here. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> um, this, I guess we can branch off into this topic about a bit about uh, creator-owned. Uh, how much does a person that works on a book own? I mean, do you think uh, Stanley and Steve Ditko own Spider-Man, or does Marvel own Spider-Man? What, what do you guys think? Marvel does. Marvel. Yeah. Clear cut. I mean, when you're doing something for a shared universe, Mm -hmm. no matter what you're doing, no matter what ideas you have, they are the property of said shared universe. So 
it's totally Marvel's thing, and it has to be that way, because if you had to go back and consult a creator of every plot point you wanted to use from, say, Spider-Man's history, and think of how many creators that is, yeah. if they owned what they did, then you'd never get anything done. You wouldn't be able to push the story forward. You wouldn't be able to do anything. I mean, I love, I love creator-owned works. They're fantastic, but they're a totally 100% different animal. And a shared universe mm-hmm. is the property of the shared universe, and that's the way it has to be. Well, when, whenever a big movie comes out, we just saw this with Ghost Rider. The, uh, I forget the guy's name, but he recently had a lawsuit against Marvel saying that he created the Ghost Rider title. I mean, um, do, you, do you think they have a legitimate claim? Personally, I do think that the creators should get the you know the creators should get more credit in the movies yeah. because um, I know Daredevil is not everybody's favorite favorite uh, superhero movie, but it makes the point the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody that's seen Daredevil will notice uh, all the name dropping that's in that movie because mm-hmm. um, the defendant in the very beginning, his name is Jose Quesada. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> The There's a Bendis and a fighters. Ramita, too, in there, I think. Yeah, exactly. The fighter, the, his father was fighting Ramita. The uh, fighters that the guy named Fallon mentions are Bendis, Miller, and I think Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that, Mark Stephen Johnson, the writer-director of it, also the writer-director of Ghost Rider, coincidentally, um, said he really wanted to get these creators some recognition. He wanted to just put in the end of it, say, you know, created by blah, 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 and inspired by these people, and they wouldn't do it. It's just, for some reason, they don't do that. So he just wanted to get them some credit in there, get their names in the movie. And I really respect that. I think that was a good way to go. But I do think they should be given more credit. But, as I said before, shared universe, shared property. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man was a corporate character anyway. I mean, it was like you know, Stan sat around and said, you know, we need to come up with another character. Uh, it's a totally different situation as what happened with Siegel and Schuster and Superman, where they created that character and then they shopped it around. And then, then what, you know, what became DC and, you know, uh, bought it and decided to issue uh, comics on it. That was an entirely different situation. But mm-hmm. uh, now uh, Spidey's, Spidey's owned by Marvel. Right. So, Spidey, dude, what's your take, man? Well, it's... it's, it's uh... It's Marvel's character, but it's Stan's sandbox. Yeah. I think that, I mean, it's Stan's sandbox, and we're just all playing in it. Mm-hmm. And there's some in the block that come in, and, and they decide to uh, <laughs> come in and, 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 and uh, play in it a little bit. But most of the time, it, it, it really, it is, it is Marvel's baby character. But yeah. Baby, but it's it's really Stan Sandbox. Right. Without Stan, you would have had nothing. And I, I think it's is important, like kind of like the Spider-Man movies did, to acknowledge the the creators. You know, there's a graphic or a CG on the screen in the title sequence that says Spider-Man has appeared and created by Stanley and Steve Ditko in a Marvel comic, whatever. You see, uh, you've seen that in all three movies, and I don't, I don't think I remember them doing that in like the Ghost Rider movie or the Daredevil movie or any other movie, saying this, th- these are the two guys that created it. So, well, the Fantastic Four and Hulk didn't they do uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby? I think they did, yeah. But I remember in Ghost Rider, well, I didn't see it, and I didn't see it in Daredevil. I think they may do that in certain things, but I think the point that Mark Stephen Johnson made with Daredevil is more that, yeah, Daredevil originally created by Stanley and um, 
I don't remember which B- of those big artists it Bill was. Bill Everett. Sorry. Bill Everett. And I only um, know that because I looked it up on Wikipedia <laughs> just now. <laughs> Fair enough. So <laughs> it can say that, but Mark Stephen Johnson's point was, you know, what about Frank Miller, for instance? Because Stanley might have created Daredevil, but uh, for my money, and I think a lot of other people's, Frank Miller created Daredevil's world. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of creators that contribute to it, so yeah. and they don't all get credit. Yeah. Black Cat, any words, final words on this topic? Um, again, from a business perspective, yeah. so for example, I I do management consulting, but uh-huh. I basically signed a contract saying that any intellectual property that I develop belongs to the company that I work for, and I do believe that's the case here with the writers and artists working for yeah. Marvel. So they basically know this going in, that they're, they yeah. don't own the yeah. character, they just get to play with them, you know? I mean, I guess that's why McFarlane decided to break out and do his own thing. Yeah. What? He wanted to have... Uh, intellectual control over the characters he felt he had a role creating and molding and presenting to the public yeah and that wraps up part one of our june podcast we ran about two hours on the show this month now i'll post a second part in just a couple days now in part two we'll talk a bit about that mcfarland spider-man comic that went for six thousand dollars on ebay and all the proceeds went to charity we're also posed the question is the ultimate spider-man comic in all ages book and we'll take all your many questions from the message board. Now, if you'd like to write a review of the podcast, you can do that on the message board at spidermancrawlspace.com, or you can do it at iTunes. Now, I've started a thread for those reviews on the board. Now, if you have any questions for the July show, feel free to write those on the July thread. We just started that one. And as always, I appreciate you, everybody listening, and I'll talk to you all on the Crawl Space.